0: You guys can take your seeds. Awesome job, worship team. That's one of my favorite songs. I love that song. So good. How's everyone doing this morning? So good to be in church together. We are in week two of this new seeds series, and we're talking about the law of sowing and reaping. We're talking about the theme of seeds all throughout scripture. So much in my heart to share this morning and in these coming weeks, but I wanna um, remind you guys of where we've been. Last week, we talked about Galatians 6, verse seven through nine. We talked about it all, all last Sunday. Scripture says, do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. He who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life and let us not grow weary While doing good for in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Man, I hope in this series you guys are becoming aware that we are operating in the law of sowing and reaping. The law of sowing and reaping is active in our life whether we realize it or not. Last week, the first point was be aware God's system of sowing and reaping is going to be working whether you want it to or not. It's at work in our life. And I hope in this series that we become aware of the seeds that are in our hands. The second point last Sunday was that everyone's planting something. We're all planting something. We're either sowing to the spirit or we're sowing to the flesh. We're we're planting seeds of friendship. We're planting seeds of the word. We're planting seeds of finances. We're planting all different kinds of seeds as we go through life. And then this last part of the scripture, it says, and let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we shall reap if, if we do not lose heart. We talked about, man, we can sow and not reap if we lose heart, if we give up, if we detach our faith, if we start complaining, if we throw in the towel. So we talked about, hey, harvest is coming. Don't throw in the towel. Amen. Amen. So this foundation of sowing and reaping is going to be the foundation of this series. And we'll, we'll talk about the law of sowing and reaping as we go throughout the series. But for the next numerous weeks, we're going to be talking about different specific seeds that the Word of God talks about. And this morning, the title of the message is The Seed That We Read. The Seed That We Read. What we read, what we consume, what we watch What we consume is a seed that produces a harvest in our life. Media, of all kinds, is a seed that we sow into our life. We can sow to the flesh or we can sow to the spirit based on the type of media seeds that we sow into our life. And, um, you know, Eric and I, as parents, we try to be super intentional from a young age, even when they were babies and they didn't understand what they were watching, or listening to. We try to be super intentional to guard our kids' ear gate and eye gate, because it's really hard to unsee or to unhear something once you've seen it or heard it once. Amen. And there's a lot that we'll talk about that next week for Mother's Day. But man, in Eric and I's own personal life, and like many of you guys, we're always evaluating and re-evaluating the media content that we consume. Is this drawing me closer to God, or is this drawing me further away from God. Here's what we know about media in general. Statistics say that the average person consumes 495 minutes of media a day, from TV to news to podcasts to music to TV to apps, social media, hello, to video games, whatever your choice of media is. The average person consumes eight hours and 15 minutes of media a day. Isn't that wild? Eight hours of media, and media is a seed. We're influenced, and it reaps a harvest in our life. So if you just think about, man, if I've been consuming eight hours of media a day, what have I been consuming? What media have I been consuming? Whether it's social media, you know, our phone will tell us how many hours we've been on social media. Whether it's the news channel, God love the news channels. Or video games or podcasts or music or whatever you're listening to, whatever's coming in your eye gates and whatever's coming in your ear gates, it's seeds that will reap a harvest. And we're either sowing to our flesh or we're either sowing to our spirit based on our media content. Amen? And I believe the Holy Spirit is leading me and I believe He's leading you. I believe there's certain things in our life that the Holy Spirit's been already dealing with us about. Probably shouldn't listen to that song. Probably shouldn't watch that show, probably shouldn't be posting and scrolling so much on that social media platform. But then you think about editing it from your life, you think about deleting the app, or you think about stopping the, series, the TV series in the middle of the series before you know what happens, or you think about stopping the book before you know the ending or whatever it might be, and you're like, oh, be kind of like extreme to cut that out. It'd be kind of like prude, it'd be kind of like super religious to do that. Because, I mean, everybody is watching this show. Everybody is on this app. Everyone's reading the book and playing the video game or whatever the media of choice is. But then you consider the fruit. Because everyone is also super depressed and anxious and lonely and considering divorce and exhausted and angry and critical, so just because everyone else is doing it doesn't mean it's a good idea for us to do it. Our kids have heard that numerous times before. Just because everyone else is jumping off a cliff, we don't also. So this is all a really good side point. This isn't even the full point, this isn't even the point of the message this morning. But it's a really good side point on the content, on the topic of what are we sewing to? Are we sewing to our flesh? Are we sowing to the spirit? And I want to encourage you this morning, if the Lord's been dealing with you about some kind of media consumption in your life, and you know that it's sowing to the flesh, and you don't want to do that because you don't want to reap from the flesh, so I encourage you, take have the strength, have the courage to be extreme, to be prude, to be super religious in the eyes of the world, but you know that what you sow to is what you're going to reap. So I really want to encourage us. You know, the, the Lord says, I am holy, therefore be Holy which means our lives are gonna be set apart and different in how we consume media, amen? All right, well, good morning. How's everybody doing? That was a good introduction. <laughs> so this morning, we're talking about the seed that you read. Let's pray as we open up, before we open up the scripture we're going to. Lord, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for your wisdom, the wisdom of the word that we will reap what we sow to. Whether we sow into the flesh or whether we're sowing to the spirit, Lord, lead us and guide us, strengthen us to follow your ways. And Lord, help us to sow good seeds, open up our eyes, help us see what you have for us today. We pray this all in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I got a little prop up here, if you can see. We're going to go to a scripture here in just a minute. Um, But the scripture we're going to, the context of the scripture we're going to is a parable that Jesus taught on. And um, the context of the parable, Jesus was with his disciples. He was near a beach. He was sitting on the beach with his friends, with his disciples, and he was teaching, having conversations about God and the kingdom of God. And all of a sudden, people saw that Jesus was over there talking with his disciples, and slowly, a crowd started to gather around him to hear his teachings. The crowd got so big that not everybody could hear what he was saying, so he went off on a boat and Pushed the boat a little bit from the shore, and he started preaching to the people on on the shore this parable that we're about to read. And so in Luke 8, verse 5 through 8, the setting, Jesus, the first time Jesus said this, he was on a boat teaching people on the beach that were hungry to hear his word. And this is what Jesus said. Luke 8, verse 5, he says, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, And it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it did, it sprang up and withered away because it lacked moisture. Then some fell on the thorns, and the thorns sprang up, and with it, it choked it. And others fell on good ground, and sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried and said, He who has ears, let him hear. So Jesus says, Hey, a sower goes out to sow, and some goes by the wayside, and it's trampled down, and the birds of the air devour it. A uh, sower sows a seed, and some of it falls on some rocks. And as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Some of it fell among thorns. Thorns sprang up and choked it. But then others fell on good ground and yielded a crop a hundredfold. And the disciples and the people on the beach are like, Huh? What? Say it again? What are you talking about? And so the disciples ask him and say, why are you always talking in parables? Like, just speak plainly. And Jesus explains to him why he teaches in parables. And then he goes on to clearly explain this parable that he just shared. And so he goes on in Luke 8, 11 through 15, and he expounds on the parable. He gives clarity to it. In verse 11, he says, now the parable is this, the seed, I'm going to pull out a seed from last week, The seed is the word of God, the seed that you read. The seed is the word of God. And those by the wayside, this empty box represents those by the wayside, those by the wayside are those who hear. The seed was planted. They heard the word. But then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart, lest they should believe and be saved. So Jesus is saying, hey, these people heard the word. But for some reason, they didn't understand it. They didn't believe it because the enemy came and snatched it before the seed could even penetrate their heart. And then Jesus says, and then there's other people that are like those on the rock, verse 13. But those on the rock are those who heard the seed was planted in their life. They heard and they received the word with joy, but they had no root they believed for a while, but in time of temptation, they fell away. So these people didn't believe. These people did believe, but then eventually fell away. Then he said, Then the seed, the word, was planted to those among the thorns, those who they heard the word, but then they were choked out by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life, and that seed brought no fruit. To maturity. So these people believed this seed germinated. It had some roots, but it didn't bring fruit to maturity. Then this one, he says, then the ones that fell, then the seed that fell on the good ground are those who having heard the word with a noble in a good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. I love this parable. Those of you that have taken Basics 101, you know that one of the classes I spend the whole time talking about this parable. Love this parable. The seed is the word of God. Let's just talk about, let's just break down these people a little bit more. Jesus is saying, hey, the, the seed of the word is gonna go into people's lives, but you're gonna fall into one of these four categories in how you receive the word and the fruit that the word will produce in your life. He said, those, the, the, those that fall by the wayside They heard the word. These are people, maybe they've come to church, maybe they've listened online. Maybe a friend shared the gospel with them. Maybe they listened to a YouTube video or they scanned some blogs or some podcasts about the word. They heard the word, but as soon as they heard it, they didn't understand it and they didn't believe it. It just brushed right off their heart. It didn't implant into their heart. It had no change. It had no effect on their life. It fell by the wayside. Then Jesus said, then there's people that he des- he describes, um, but the one, the one on the rock, when the seed fell on the rock, people whose life or heart is like this. Scripture says the seed of the word went into them. Put the seed up here. The seed of the heart went into their heart. It said they believed. What does scripture say? It says the ones on the rock, they heard and they received the word with joy. They were so excited. These people raised their hand during salvation. Maybe they joined a small group. They started to meet people in church. Maybe they came to Bible basics class. Maybe they even talked to their friends at school or at, um, at work about the Lord. They got so excited about Jesus and what he did on the cross. And can you believe it? My life has changed. But then there wasn't enough moisture, enough soil. And in time of temptation, it says they fell away. So the seed went into their heart, it germinated in their heart, didn't have enough root system to survive. So these people, based on scripture, you can assume these people believed but they fell away from their faith. So both of these people heard the word but it didn't change their life and they aren't still believing. Then these people, Jesus says, it's the seed that fell among the thorns who when they heard, these people heard, you can assume on the text that they believed that they had a root system at a, at a certain point. You know where I found these weeds? In my yard. There's a lot more of them too, isn't there? We've got a whole summer full of weeding. Um, but man, they're nasty root systems of these roots, right? You got to get them all. This person had a lot, of root, a, lot of, a lot of roots in their soil, a lot of thorns, a lot of weeds. And so the seed was sown into their life. And and it says that um, it was choked out by the cares, the riches, and the pleasures of life. And it brought no fruit to maturity. So it started to grow. The word of God in their life germinated, had a root system, started to bring forth, maybe bud, some fruit. But the fruit didn't come to maturity. These are the people that, man, they're believers. And they want to be kingdom or bust. They want to seek first the kingdom of God with all their heart. They really want to. But the cares and the riches and the pleasures of life, responsibilities at work, responsibilities with family and soccer games and vacations and just stuff fills their life and chokes out the seed of the word so that they don't fulfill their true potential in Christ. The fruit of their life doesn't grow to maturity. They're so close, though. They're so close. They believe. These people still believe. They just didn't fully experience all that God had for them. Amen. And then these ones. We feel more comfortable with this box, don't we? Then this box, the seed that fell on good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and a good heart, This last verse gives us insight that these boxes represent our heart. The seed is good, but it's dependent on the soil. We'll talk about that towards the end of this morning. Those who the seed fell on a good and noble heart kept it and bore fruit with, say it with me, patience. So these people are the people that just like all of these people, they experience the same temptations as all of these people. They had the opportunity to get offended, but they didn't take the bait. They had the opportunity to get their life all choked up with all of the cares and the pleasures and the, and the riches of the world, but they pulled those weeds out as soon as they came. These people, didn't. they kept doing good and didn't get weary doing it. These people through patience. Um, the same parable is listed in, in Matthew. I'll read the Matthew um, version of it. Matthew 13, 23 says, but he who received the seed on good ground is he who hears the word, understands it, and indeed bears fruit and produces, this this, um, verse says, some hundred, some sixty, some thirty-fold fruit. We're talking about the seed that we read. We could stop right there. That's a lot to chew on this morning, isn't it? finding ourselves in the story of the parable. Lord, where am I in this story? Am I receiving the word with joy? Am I receiving the word? Maybe you're watching online this morning. Maybe you're joining us in person and you're hearing the word. you're exploring the word, and you're wanting to understand it. I don't think you'd be here still listening if you were here, but I encourage you to receive the word. These people lacked moisture. They didn't have enough soil They didn't stay in it long enough. An offense came. They saw someone in the church that wasn't living the way they should have. Something happened. They got pulled away by the temptations of their past life. They got so excited about the word, but they didn't fight through the temptation and the opportunity to be drawn away. These people, I think a lot of us can identify with these people. Life is just full, right? And there's a lot of things that can pull our attention from the Lord, a lot of things that can choke the word out of our life. But if we're diligent, I believe all of us can be these kind of people that tend and keep our guard and keep our, our heart pure so that the seed of the word can produce what it was created to produce. Amen? So we could stop here, but we're not going to. We've got a couple more things I want to pull out of the scripture with you guys. The first thing is this. God is a sower. God is a sower, The first verse of this scripture we're looking at, Luke 8, 5, says, A sower went out to sow his seed. A sower went out to sow his seed. Jesus very clearly defines that the seed is the word of God. He doesn't super clearly define who is the sower. The sower is defined as anyone who sows the word of God. The sower is anyone who shares Scripture with his friends. The sower is anyone who teaches the word, who who shares the gospel with people, right? As someone who does this for a living, called to be a pastor, I remember one of my mentors shared with me when I was getting discouraged by how people were responding to the word. He said, hey, just look at the parable of the sower. Based on this scripture, 25% of the people that you preach the word to are gonna end up having the hundredfold actually being doers of the word. It's Kind of sobering, kind of encouraging, you know, depending on how you look at it. Um, And so yes, the sower is anyone who shares the word. All of us should be sowers. All of us should be sharing the word with people in our life. But the first sower was God. The scripture says the sower sowed his seed. We could camp out on this all day because it's really exciting if you want to Bible nerd out. Seed is oftentimes referred to in the Old Testament as children. We'll talk about that next week for Mother's Day. God the Father's seed, his son, is Jesus, right? John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave or he sowed his son, his seed into the world that whoever believes in him, should not perish but have everlasting life. God's a sower. He doesn't ask us to do something that he himself didn't already do. And then we know that Jesus is the word. So God the Father sowed Jesus, so he sowed the word into the world. You guys tracking? John 1, verse 1 and 14 says, In the beginning was the word, the seed that we're talking about. And the word was with God, and the word was God. Goes on in verse 14 to say, And the word became flesh. Jesus is the word. And he dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten father, full of grace and full of truth. God's a sower. He sowed his son. He sowed the word into our hearts, into the world. Second thing we can pull out of this scripture that we've already talked about, but I just want to camp out on for a little bit, is that the Word is God's seed. The Word is God's seed, right? Luke 8, 11 says, Now the parable is this that the seed is the Word of God. Remember, this whole series we're talking about sowing and reaping, and last week we talked about what is it about seed? Why does God use the word seed so much? Like he could have called the Word of God a rock. But the difference between a rock and a seed is the reproductive properties of growth and multiplication and transformation that is within a seed. There's so much potential and reproductive properties in a seed. Last week, we simplified the Webster's uh, definition of seed and said that a seed, the word of God is a source of life, bursting with potential. The word of God is fully capable of reproduction, growth, and multiplication in our life. God says that his word is a seed, fully capable of transformation, reproduction, growth, multiplication in our life, as we saw in the parable of the sower, right? The word of God is the seed that we read that transforms us. Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is, is living, it's alive, it's the only book on the planet that's alive. The Word of God is alive, it's living, and it's powerful, sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Amplified says, The Word of God, the Word that God speaks, is alive, full of power. The Word of God, the seed full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. The Word of God is alive. It's a seed that when we plant, when we sit under the teaching of the Word of God, right now you guys are sitting under the teaching of the Word of God. So am I. I get to hear it multiple times this week as I prepare. We sit under the teaching of the Word of God, and it has the potential to transform us. Every morning when we open up the Word of God on our Bible or our Bible app, It has the potential, the seed of the word, if put in good soil, has the potential to transform our life and have a good harvest and a good fruit. As we're listening to podcasts from other Bible teachers throughout the week, the word of God is coming into us. As we sit with our small groups, our crews, we're sitting under, we're getting the word in us, and it has the potential to totally transform our life. Amen? I love Psalm 107. Verse 20, he sent his word and healed them. There's power in the word, word, there's healing power in the word to transform us. Jesus sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. The word of God is a seed that has unlimited potential to transform our life. Amen? Amen. Um, I want to share this recent study done by LifeWay. There was a recent study that they polled 40,000 people, ages 8 to 80, and the poll was to see how people were engaging in Scripture. As they compiled the results, they made a profound discovery that they weren't even looking for originally as they were doing this study. The study indicated that when people engage in Scripture just one time a week, like if Sunday morning's the only time that you open up scripture, or that you're hearing the word of God. They said, based on this study, when people only engaged in scripture one time a week, there was like negligible, like really small impact on their life. And that's super encouraging as a pastor. Good thing that we don't just do things on Sunday mornings, right? Then it went on to say, when someone engages in scripture two times a week, like you leave Sunday and you're like, awesome. Oh, don't show that scripture. Don't show that slide yet. Giving away my power. Throw it away, throw it away. Um, when someone c- goes home on Monday morning, they're like, oh, I'm jazz. I'm, I'm going to read Scripture Monday morning. Not like zero impact on their life, changing certain patterns that you guys just got a sneak peek on. When someone, based on this study, when they engaged in Scripture three times a week, there was like a little indication of change But then all of a sudden, for some reason, based on this study, when someone was diligent to be in the Word at least four times a week, you would expect the, don't show it yet, don't show it yet. Um, (laughs) I'll tell you when, I'll tell you when. Um, You would expect the graph to gradually go like this, like one day, there's a little bit of improvement. Two days a week, there's a little bit more change in their life. Three days, a little bit more. And the researchers at LifeWay said they were surprised because really the graph was more like this. Like there was one day, two days, three days in the Word, there wasn't really a change. And then some reason, all of a sudden, when people had spent four or more days in the Word, all of a sudden the graph like went like this. And all of a sudden, for some reason, there was all of this statistical transformation of the Word of God in their life which you can now see the next slide. Go ahead and show the next slide. And so this is what they saw. People that engaged in scripture four days a week minimum. If they were feeling lonely, that dropped by 30%. Anger issues dropped by 32%. Bitterness in relationship dropped by 40% because there's power in the word of God. It's not just a book, it's a seed, right? When they're in the word four or more days a week, alcoholism dropped 57%. Sex outside of marriage dropped 68%. Feelings of spiritual stagnant dropped 60%. Viewing of pornography dropped 60%. Sharing of faith jumped 200%. And discipling of others, helping other people grow in their faith, jumped 230%. For those of you science, black and white people, I've got proof for the scripture. This, this study basically scientifically proves the impact of the power of the seed of, of God in our life. The parable of the sower is not just they heard it once, they heard it over and over and over and over. They tended and they kept. they planted and they watered, and a harvest came. Lastly, I'm going to close with this. Um, Based on this scripture, we see that our heart determines the fruit. In the parable of the sower, all four of these people received the same word. The fruit was different because of the condition of the heart. The heart, the seed was good in all of these situations. It wasn't like these people got a bad seed. Everyone got the good seed, incorruptible seed of the word of God. But this, pe- this person's heart was different, and that's what impacted the difference in the fruit or the harvest. Luke 8, 15 again, but the one that fell on good ground are those who, having heard the word with a good and a noble heart, kept it, bore fruit with patience. So the seed of the word of God has the potential to change our life, but it depends on the condition of our heart. Make sense why Proverbs 4.23 says this, above all else, above all else, guard your heart because out of your heart determines the course of your life. Or other translations, out of your heart come all the issues, brings all the issues of life. Guard your heart because out of it determines everything in your life. God, is going to be true to his promises. He's a man of his word. Amen. Our part is to keep up the soil of our heart. Above all else, guard your heart. Above all else, get out there and weed your heart. Above all else, pull those rocks out. Above all else, avoid offense. Forgive easily because it affects the fruit of the word in your life. So we need to weed our heart on the regular. We need to always have eyes on our heart. So I want to ask you this morning, online, in person, is there a fence in your heart this morning? It's a weed, it's a thorn. Is there pain in your heart that you haven't brought to God? Is there anger in your heart? Is there lust or greed in your heart? Is there striving or doubt in your heart? a weed so what do you do what do you do how do you keep eyes on your heart how do you maintain your heart to be like this I want to encourage you you got to just acknowledge it's there have eyes on your heart and acknowledge what's happening in your heart and then bring it to the Lord you acknowledge you know what I've got some bitterness in my heart I've got some anger in my heart bring it to the Lord scripture say cast all your cares on the Lord for he cares for you Maybe you've gotta just forgive someone. Maybe you need to forgive them to the Lord or maybe you need to actually forgive them in person. Hey, I just wanna clear the record. There's no beef here, I forgive you. What happened in the past is done. I love you, can I pray for you? Maybe you got just junk, heaviness on your heart, cast it on the Lord, daily times of prayer, daily times in the word to keep your heart pure. And then you walk away from that time of prayer and you receive God's forgiveness and you believe it. God, I cast my cares on you. I repented for the sin in my life and I receive your forgiveness. I receive your strength. I receive your grace. I receive your joy. Amen. We're about to go into a time of worship. We're gonna sing that King of my heart song one more time. And I wanna encourage you. We gotta be under the teaching of the word. We gotta open up the word every day. We gotta get the word in us because it will transform us the seed of the word but we also have to maintain our heart. This morning, as we sing King of my heart, I wanna ask you to just have a moment with the Lord and say, God, what's in my heart? Is there any weeds in my heart? Is there anything that I'm prioritizing over you? Is there any yuck in there? And bring it to the Lord this morning. Say, God, I wanna run my race with endurance and have good soil for the long term. I want to be that person that has a hundredfold harvest of the word of God in their life, in their family, in their marriage, in their career, in their calling. I'll end with this scripture. Ephesians 5, 15, 17 says, "'So be careful how you live. "'Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise, "'making the most of every opportunity in these evil days. "'Don't act thoughtlessly, "'but understand what the Lord wants you to do.'" Let's pray, Heavenly Father, we love you so much. God, we thank you for your word that leads us and guides us and corrects us and keeps us on the path of everlasting life. So Lord, we receive this word that you have for us and Lord, help us. Help us get in your word at least four times a week because we see that it has transformational power. And Lord, help us tend and keep our heart. Help us pull out the weeds. Lord, during this time, make us aware. Help give us boldness and strength and courage and discipline to daily be aware guard our heart above all else thank you lord for moving in this moment and in our lives with all eyes closed and all head bowed if you're here this morning and you've never made jesus the lord of your life if you're watching online and you've never made jesus the lord of your life we never want to end a time together on a sunday morning without inviting jesus into our life we always end service with a A family prayer that we all make a confession of faith. Declaring that Jesus is our Lord and our Savior. For God so loved the world that he gave. He sowed his son into the world that we could have everlasting life in him. All eyes closed and all head bowed. If you're here this morning online or in person and you want to pray this prayer for the first time. Or rededicate your life to the Lord. Would you just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying with. Raise your hand boldly before the Lord that he sees. Amen. Let's pray together. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for sowing your son into the world. I receive him as my Lord and as my savior. Help me, Lord, walk with you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.